Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. I'm excited to bring the word today. I am not Pastor Tyrone, in case uh, you haven't met me. Hey, man, my brother, Justin, it's good to see you, dude. It's been a, been a minute, man. Hey, um, uh, my name is John Mark, and uh, just my privilege, while Tyrone's off in a whole other country today, how about that? Living large, uh, spreading the word of Jesus. Um, so, uh, but I'm going to kick off our brand new series that Tony mentioned is our Abide or Die. Everybody say it with me. It's fun. Abide or die. Yeah, we're going on an abide or die road trip journey this summer. And it's really, it's going to be, um, each week is going to be taking a, a look at a different quality of the fruit of the spirit that grows as we abide. Everybody say abide. That's the theme. And you heard that song that we did today. It was kind of a new song. Again, Tony kind of leaned into the awkwardness. It's not usually the kind of a song we'd sing corporately, but it's a prayer that actually has power to shape your life and to shape others. So it's just kind of neat. Sometimes songs are like that. In uh, the days of old, we just sing things that are true theologically to realign ourselves to the truth of God's word. I kind of like that. It's kind of neat. So um, so this list that we're going to look at, uh, it's going to be in Galatians chapter 5. It reads, uh, we'll get there in a few minutes, it reads like the ultimate uh, self-help list. But the context as we read it today, I think another picture is going to sh- take shape that is really unlike a self-help list. We'll get there in a few moments, but before we do, uh, one uh, one thing, I'm going to grab some props. And then number two, before I forget, no pizza with pastor today. We've got um, some sickness, uh, a number of, of leaders that were out sick today. And so uh, that's a great way to get to know uh, your pastors that will be coming next month. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, my props uh, for um, the uh, sermon will be right here. There we go. Boom. All right. Uh, that's taken right from my house. Did you are you guys familiar with the interesting account where Jesus talks to a tree? Do you remember that one? You familiar with this one? Uh, I don't know if it's like where J.R.R. Tolkien got the idea for tree beard. I don't know. Uh, but here we have this interesting encounter where Jesus just uh, pulls up to a tree and just starts having a conversation. It's very interesting. And uh, Mark chapter 11 and Matthew chapter 21 record uh, this event. And uh, we're going to look at Mark chapter 11. If you want to turn in your Bibles, it'll be on the Sky Bible behind me on a moment. But let me just set the stage towards the end of Jesus' ministry. It's almost Passover, and he's coming into Jerusalem. There is the great fanfare welcoming him, palm branches, the whole, the whole bit. People are, are shouting and proclaiming. And uh, then he leaves Jerusalem, goes to Bethany, spends the night in Bethany. He's got some friends and family there. Spends the night, and on his way back to Jerusalem the next morning, Scripture says that he's hungry. And so that sets up uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 12. You ready? (coughs) 
<clears throat> Good, because I'm going to cough. <clears throat> All right. Verse 12. Sorry if I startled anybody. Um, okay, so the next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. I love it, because even Jesus got hungry. Uh, anybody? I'm on that keto diet right now, and I feel that. Um, I want some bread. Um, so uh, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. Let's just pretend that this is a fig tree. It's not. But if I'm going to be honest with you, I actually have no clue uh, what a fig tree looks like. So it might as well be. I, I don't know. But let's just pretend that's a fig tree. All right. So he noticed the fig tree uh, in full bloom um, uh, far off. And it says, um, oh, let me keep reading. Uh, so he went over to it to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus, this is the part. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. I mean, it's interesting uh, because uh, usually when someone just starts talking to inanimate objects, where you know we give them a little side eye, like "You okay? Everything all right?" Uh, and so I think what's happening. Um, well, first of all, let's just say this. Let's get a little tiny bit of horticulture role uh, setting. Uh, scripture already gives us the insight that it's a little bit early in spring, which is Passover, so we know the time of year that it is, and it's a little early for uh, a fig tree to be in full bloom. They shouldn't be in full bloom yet, but this one is. It's actually full of leaves, and it draws Jesus' attention. Oh, look at that. That should have some figs, and he comes over and no figs. And so just calmly and quietly, just says, uh, may no one ever eat your fruit again, and walks away. And uh, it's, it's so interesting to me, because if I'm going to be honest with you, what, what we do, if we keep reading, I'm not going to go there, but if you look at, at Matthew chapter 21 in the same account, what we see is that the tree instantly, as the words left Jesus' mouth, the tree began to wither from the roots up. And the disciples are, are amazed because they see the tree begin to wither and die. Interestingly enough, Jesus never commanded that the tree die. He just said, may no one ever eat your fruit again. I think we'll come back to that because that speaks to me. But anyways, this catches me off guard a little bit because, you know, the, the compassionate healer, the storm calmer, the child welcomer, he, uh, <laughs> it's like he sing. the kids, the kids like this, uh, the movie, The Lorax. Have you seen The Lorax? Remember the, uh, the, if you haven't, there's this uh, greedy little uh, guy that sings, let it die, let it die, <laughs> let it shrivel up and die. And so I, this catches me off guard because I don't want to hear Jesus singing that song about a tree. And uh, now, again, as I say, he didn't. But it catches me off guard that he speaks words that cause something to die. It's a miracle, but it's like a reverse miracle, right? Because we expect a miracle to bring life to something, especially from Jesus. So I think it's interesting enough to ask a question, what are we supposed to learn from this? Now, the disciples do. They are taken back by the miracle itself. And the first thing that they ask is, how? 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 
How could this happen? How did we see this happen? And so Jesus answers that question in Matthew 21. And he says, he, he says if, you, if you ask, nothing doubt. He says, you have what you ask for in prayer. So he answers the how. How? Because I am one with my father. I abide with him. And so I have what I ask for in prayer. So he answers the how. But I think if we're going to answer, ask a different question here today. And I think if, if the disciples would have asked why, they would have gotten a different answer. That's what I believe. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Why? Why? And I think the why is answered in the passage that I had Tony read from John chapter 15. Those were the words of Jesus. And I'm going to read it again. Just verse 5. Jesus said, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in, remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. And then verse 9 concludes with these three words, abide, or four words, abide in my love. Abide in my love. So I'm going to give you three truths from this fig tree. Three truths from the fig tree. Number one, Jesus expects fruitful life. This just jumped out at the page when I was preparing and studying for this. Jesus expects fruitful life. Life. Let me say it one more time. Make a note. Jesus expects fruitful life. Why did he say to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again? Because what did Jesus expect? Fruitful life. As Jesus approached, approached the tree, he expects fruitful life. Life is it unfair? And that was again. That's why I say I was a little caught off guard because even Scripture itself says that it was a little early in the season for a tree to bear fruit. So I think this was an object lesson because the tree was in full bloom. We're going to get here. Just hold on. Just wait. Fig tree. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say fig tree. That we're going to come back to that. It's important. I promise. It just stood out to me. It jumped out. I was telling Rosemary about it this week. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. So uh, I think Jesus caught a moment here as he was at this fig tree, and he said, all right, here's an object lesson. Um, this will come. They'll get it later. They'll get it later. The disciples will get it later, and they did. Jesus expects fruitful life. It's not unfair, though, because, first of all, life is something for, for us that he promised. Jesus promised life. And uh, in John 10, 10, for example, Jesus said, I've come that they might have life. That word life, the Greek word for life there is Zoe. So if you have a friend named Zoe, you can go home and tell them, hey, I learned something at church today. Uh, your name means life. And here's, it's a Greek word. And what you can know about life is that it means life. What kind of life? Yes. All kind, every kind, life, physical, spiritual, all life. And all life that's is derived from God. And it's self-sustaining life. He's the only self-sustaining life in the universe, and all life comes from him. And so we have this, um, this expectation of fruitful life of the fig tree, but more so, I think the object lesson here is that Jesus is saying, he has that expectation of us. Why? Because he's promised to give us life. And what we're going to learn is that fruit bearing in the kingdom doesn't cost us anything other than abiding. That's it. That's why it's not unfair. That's why if it, if it was on our own, it's going to all flush out throughout this series. But if it was all on our own, it would be a tough ask. But it's not. The ask is simple. Abide. 
Will you abide? Jesus, again, in 15 verse 1 says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. So there's a three-part analogy here. I'm sure you caught it, but I'm going to say it again because sometimes repetition is key. Three-part analogy. Father is the vine dresser or gardener. Dresses the vine. Makes it what it should be. My father's the vine dresser. I'm the vine. And you are the branches. You're connected to me. I'm the, I'm the branch. Jesus is the vine. The father is the vine dresser. And I want you to think about this. If my job is to stay connected to the vine, and it's all up to the gardener to produce the fruit, what kind of gardener do we have in the creator? Is there a better one? Do we have a better hope of producing fruit than in the one who spoke fruit out of nothing? Right? So so what we're seeing here, yes, is that we have a promise and we have really a, a warning from Jesus here in this passage. And it's the name of our series, Abide or Die. There's a promise. And then there's also a warning at the end of that, listen, if, if, you, if you refuse to abide, that there's going, you're going to suffer the consequences of not abiding. And for many of us, we have. We know what it looks like. And it's it, just like with Adam and Eve, it's a slow death. Adam and Eve were warned about what the consequences of their, of their rebellion, choosing the fruit from the wrong tree. And they were warned of what would happen. And, 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 and it was a slow death. So we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but number, so number one, Jesus expects fruitful life. Number two, Jesus doesn't expect what he doesn't equip. I've already said that this morning, but that's good, isn't it? Remember the first commandment. We already talked about Adam and Eve. What was the very, very, very first commandment in the history of mankind? Be fruitful and, anybody know the rest? Be fruitful and multiply. Now, um, this was an interesting command because for humanity, you know, all he asked was intimacy. And, and, you know, I think this is so, it wasn't a lot to ask. The, you know, the, the husbands were like, okay, all right, uh, intimacy, check, I'm, I'm in. Um, uh, this is what you want me to do? Okay, I mean, I'll take one for the team. Sex? All right, if you say so, Jesus. So, but interesting, be fruitful and multiply. So what he did in, with Adam and Eve, he does with us spiritually, and he says, be fruitful and multiply. And it's not a big ask. All I'm asking is intimacy. All I'm asking is for you to abide. Stay. Stay with me, stay connected with me, enjoy the intimacy of our relationship, because what he asked of Adam and Eve wasn't just intimacy with each other as husband and wife, he also asked intimacy, he wanted intimacy with them. Did you know that's why you were created? Did you know that's why we as humanity exists on the planet? With everything else, God said it was good, it was good, it was good, and then he said, is one thing better. I need someone that I can have a relationship with. 
a one-on-one I want to walk and talk with in the cool of the garden. I'm going to create me a man. And that's why we exist today, to be intimate. So we're going to look at Galatians 5 in a few minutes, and we're going to see the fruit of the Spirit there. But the trap, as I referenced a moment ago about the fruit of the Spirit, the trap is that we think about uh, the fruit of the Spirit as something that we grow. I'm just going to set my clock up here so I don't lose track of the time. Uh, I've been known to do this, believe it or not. Um, Somebody said, amen. (laughs) Um, How dare you? (laughs) The trap is that we would think that I grow my own fruit. I'm responsible for fruit bearing. Remember, Jesus, he doesn't expect what he doesn't equip. And again, the ask is just for intimacy. When we place all of our focus on and all of our energies on doing, then so that doing what? Doing so that we have something to show for our efforts. Doing so that we can be a better Christian. Doing so that people will think well of us. What we do is is something similar to what we have with this tree right here. Um, I don't know how discerning you are, but uh, some of you may have picked up on the fact that this is not a real tree. Did anybody? Is that shocking? I know. I know. It's very shocking. I don't know if it was the, the large gap in the plastic here that gave it away or the, the, um, the odor that it's giving off, I have no idea. But, but this, um, what we do when we, <laughs> when we kill ourselves trying to produce our own fruit is something like this. It's, I think, something akin to what Jesus was pointing out with the fig tree. And that is, um, you look good. You look good, tree. You look okay. I mean, it's impressive from afar. Drew my attention. You're in full bloom. But uh, if I'm going to be honest, it was all expectation and no satisfaction. You, sir, are disappointing. And so what Jesus does is he says, it was a good show. Show's over. Um, That's the expectation that Jesus has for those who are Christ followers. And if, you, if you're unclear about that, we can go in and look at the book of Revelation, the first three chapters. We won't take time to do it now. But Jesus, this is our, our third point, is that Jesus inspects what he expects. Jesus inspects what he expects. Abide or die. Is that a little too intimidating? Is, a serious, is, that, is that title a little too much? Is it a little extra? Abide or die? Um, the, the thought here is that um, these leaves they, that, that the fig tree put on, it didn't fool God. It didn't fool the, the king of the universe. You know, I've got this uh, thing here. Let me see if I can uh, fix it. What, what I have here is from my backyard because I have this whole sermon taking place in my backyard right now with uh, much to my wife's dismay. I'm working on it. I'm watering it. But we've got some dead things in our backyard through lack of maintenance and attention 
And I yanked this off yesterday as I was doing some work, and I thought, man, this preaches. Uh, You'll notice, uh, again, I don't know how attentive you are, but this is actually dead. Um, It's, I know, I know. This, This has no life in it. There's really no, it was easy to snap off. There's nothing there. But now imagine, imagine if you will, if you were this branch and you said, boy, I've got to, you know, I've got to really uh, fix things up here. We've got to get this better. There we go. Now I can go to church. Okay. Woo. Now I can pray. There. Now I'm ready. Is that a little sad? It's, it's, it's not quite cutting the muster. Uh, and remember that, uh, again, I am, uh, I'm not a horticulturist or whatever the word is. I'm no botanist. But I instantly catch a few clues that this tree is on the struggle bus. This branch is not um, where it needs to be. But how foolish are we when we approach the creator of the universe in the same way? I'm just going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm, uh, I've got some things I need to clean up. I've got some areas where I'm not really patient and loving and kind. And I'm just going to be better. I'm just going to, oh, I'll, I'll, all I'll do is just do better. I'll be better. I'll be more loving. I'm just going to be more kind today. I'm going to be more, I'm going to be more good. I'm going to be more good. That's all I have to do today is be good. How hard is, how hard can that be? I was bad yesterday. Today I'll be good. How foolish is that? It's the same thing with this branch because here's the truth we don't produce our own fruit and Jesus doesn't expect us to all he expects us to do is somebody say abide yeah you knew it you knew it it's a simple lesson right I mean we could teach this to kids and they'd get it um but as adults can we get it I mean, I mean, sometimes kids are better getting it than, than me. How many of you learn something from your kids? Parents, you learn stuff from your kids. You're like, oh, man, that was deep. Some of you, you kids raise your hand. You're like, yeah, I learn stuff from myself all the time. All the time, bro. <laughs> um, okay, this is one of the things that jumped out at me when I was studying on this. So we've got this fig tree, pretend. Pretend it's a fig tree. We've got this fig tree, and Jesus says, may no one uh, eat your fruit again. Do you remember what, Adam and, what happened with Adam and Eve in the garden? They disobeyed God, and, and what was the, God said, this, don't eat the fruit from this tree. This tree has got fruit that will make you sick, and it will kill you. Don't touch this tree tree. That tree is symbolic of what we do when we try to do things our own way. Even, hear this, good things. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do no thing. So when we try to do things, even good things, apart from God, what we end up doing is taking the fruit from the wrong tree. And it's a slow burn, and it's a slow death. But before long, we've justified, we have grown cold, our hearts have gone apathetic, and every good thing spiritually dies. And just because we ate from the wrong tree. Maybe you haven't seen that. 
happen with somebody, but maybe you have. Oh, let, can we just look at uh, Genesis 3 real quick? It says, verse 7, then the eyes of both of them, Adam and Eve, were opened and they realized they were naked. Oh, check this out. Look at this. Here's what they did. So they sewed, anybody have it? Fig leaves. And made coverings for themselves. So they realized that they were naked. And they made coverings for themselves. And they said, oh, hi. Hi, God. <clears throat> How's it going? Uh, good evening. Um, we just, uh, nothing. We are doing nothing. It's all good. I just, um, <clears throat> anyways, <clears throat> how about those Phoenix Suns? And... Um, and God was like, uh, yeah, yeah, no. Who told you you were naked? How did you, how did you come to be in this spot where you are now? And the first question that God asked was, where are you? God didn't, it wasn't like God didn't know where they were. God knew where they were and what they were doing, but he had to get them to realize where they were and what they were doing. Maybe that's where you are today because you need the Holy Spirit to tell you where you are and to tell you what you've been doing. And maybe for years and maybe for... This is, by the way, a perfect illustration of religion. This is every religion, including many Christians. This is what religion looks like. Let me just cover up the death. You know, excuse me, some of your death is showing. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. Got it. Let me say a couple more prayers. There we go. And that's, that's religion. Jesus didn't call us to be more religious. Jesus called us to abide. What, to what to abide? And the Greek word for abide is meno. And it, it just means to stay, to remain. It's why we were created in the beginning. We were created in the beginning to remain in him. Sin, what sin did with Adam and Eve in the garden is that sin broke the intimacy that God desired. And so what we saw happen, if you keep reading in that passage, and I encourage you to do it, it's a great passage to re-hit multiple times in the year because it sums up in Genesis chapter three, it sums up your history and my history and my whole story. What happened with Adam and Eve in the garden, it just sums up because we, you know, we keep repeating the same stuff over and over again. And what happened is God said, okay, listen, I still called you to be fruitful and multiply. multiply. Adam, you're going to do it, but now you're going to do it through struggle. What I wanted you to do was to be intimate with me, and we were going to do it together, and we were going to partner. But now you're going to have to do it, and we're going to partner. But because of the sin that separated us, you're going to do it through the sweat of your brow and through your own blood and sweat you're going to produce fruit. And then he turned to Eve and he said, I also called you to be fruitful and multiply and you're going to do it. But now you're going to do it through what? Pain in childbearing. And it's going to hurt. Labor is going to be suffering for you. And you're still going to be fruitful and you're still going to multiply. But here's going to be the cause. And the struggle is a constant reminder of what it looks like to do things, even good things, apart from God. What God calls us to do is to not 
just do things on our own, good things, but to do them as we abide. And so what Jesus does is he says, remember the garden? Guys, remember the garden? As Jesus comes to earth and he pays the price for sin, he says, remember the garden? Listen, we're gonna do, I'm going to make all things new. We're going to go back to the garden, and all I'm asking you to do is to abide. This time, would you stay? Can you just stay with me? And if you do, here's my promise. You'll bear fruit. It won't be your fruit. It'll be the Holy Spirit's fruit, because I'm sending you the comforter, which will, will guide you and teach you everything you need to do and everything you need to know. Isn't that good? Guys, isn't that good? Would you just stay? If you'll stay, what I want will grow. If you'll abide in me, what I want will grow. It's a promise. It's a promise for those of you, I don't have this in my notes, but I feel like the Holy Spirit's speaking right now. It's a promise for those of you that are, that you feel like that you are in the dark place right now. There's a dark season of the soul that you've been immersed in. And it feels like death is all around you, death of dreams, hopelessness, reigns in your life right now. And here's the encouragement from the Holy Spirit to you. That quiet darkness, if you'll abide, what hap- what's happening is you're sending down roots. And before long, this is a prophecy for someone here today, before long, you're going to break ground and new shoots will grow. And this season of darkness will serve as new life for you because here's the truth, that Jesus still turns graves into gardens. And you know, there are seasons too, y'all. I have been there. There are seasons. Not every season is a season of, of abundance when it comes to fruit. There are some seasons we go through where it's like, okay, this is just abiding time. This is not me seeing all of it happen at once time. I'm just abiding and I'm trusting. It's winter. It's fall. You're just trusting. Remember, is it your job to produce fruit? Nope. So let that go. Let the guilt go of producing fruit. It is something you can expect. It is something you can look for. And it is a promise. That's not something you do. You with me? <coughs> All right. So, uh, and again, we don't want a facade. We want fruit. We don't want uh, fake stuff. So the three foundational truths from the object lesson, from the fig tree, and then I'm going to go into um, a couple more observations, is that Jesus expects a fruitful life. Jesus doesn't expect what he doesn't equip. And Jesus inspects what he expects. Remember, we can't fool God. Can't fool God with facades, with fake leaves. He's not impressed. Abide or die. So each week uh, this summer, we're going to, as I said, we're going to be looking at a new quality of the fruit of the Spirit that grows as we abide. And that list, now let's go ahead and look at it. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So we've got nine qualities here. And what I want to do, as I said earlier, is they read like a self-help, like way to, way to better yourself list. But if we read context, I think we'll get a little bit more. Uh, and I think it's always so important whenever you're reading scripture that you back it up. Just, just take a moment and digest. Look at the surrounding verses, passages, so I can get the full concept of it. Because here's what we want to make sure we don't do. We don't want to do what Adam and Eve did, which was to grab fruit from the wrong tree. In pursuit of goodness and pursuit of good things, many have uh, brought sickness and death. I mean, the history of mankind is full of it, right? And so wars and, and, and all kinds of atrocities have been done in the name of goodness and in the name of Jesus even, atrocities. And so we, don't, we want to make sure that our, our motives are pure and, and not only just our motives, but the, the means by which we fill ourselves with God. And, and again, the key is to abide. So <clears throat> we want to back all the way up to verse 13. So we're going way back to verse 13. And it says, for you were called to freedom. Everybody say freedom. Okay. So you're called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And we're going to, today, we're only going to take a few minutes to camp on love. Uh, and of course, we could talk a lot about love, but the whole fruit of the Spirit list is um, begins with this um, principle of loving one another. And he notice he says uh, the con in context he he starts by saying don't don't get it twisted, don't get the purpose of freedom twisted. You see that. So he says, then he says, uh, verse 14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, whoa. Well, that's a random, why are you talking about um, cannibalism, really, Jesus? Uh, just right out of the gate? This is odd. So no, obviously Jesus, he's thinking about something. And I think what he's thinking about here. Um, uh, as he's giving these words to the Apostle Paul, I think what he's thinking about is fruit. Because we eat, we consume fruit. So that's where we're going. He says, but if you divide and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, walk in the Spirit. So what we're going to get in this passage is we're going to get a comparison and a contrast. We're going to get this, look at this, and then look at this in comparison to this. See how different this is from this? Do this, not this. Okay, so that's what we're going to get. So, uh, uh, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We're going to see the desires of the flesh, and we're going to see the works of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, verse 19, the works of the flesh are evident. Now we're going to get a list. Now, I just read to you a list of the fruit of the Spirit, but now we're going to get a different list. And again, it's going to be a this, not that. That, not this. You ready? Okay, here it is. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. Impurity. 
sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So that's the opening introduction to the fruits of the Spirit that we're going to spend the rest of the summer on as we kind of unpack this. And so I'm going to do an introductory unpacking of this right now. So we have our three truths from the fig tree. Now I want to look at three truths that we can see as we introduce ourselves to the fruit of the Spirit. You still with me? We're heading home here. Okay, so the first thing that we want to know, and I've already hinted at this, about the fruit of the Spirit is that it is not our fruit. Okay? It's not our fruit. The fruit of the Spirit will grow because it's His fruit. Again, I'm looking for it. I'm expecting more patience. I'm expecting kindness, but I'm not the one growing it. So, again, if we were to look in my backyard, I've got what I would describe as overgrown bushes. They haven't been tended. They haven't been trimmed or pruned. And as a result, there's a lot of death. And this is, again, what I, what I mentioned earlier, um, overgrowth, wild growth, if you will, is something that in the botanical community, we know it's going to halt or kill fruit production. And there's a solution the solution is to prune. We'll get there in a second. But remember that at my best, all of my efforts and all of my works are going to produce overgrowth. It's going to produce death. And I might look good on the outside. There might be a few sprigs sprouting here and there. But the truth is that the true nature of what's going on in my heart and in my soul is that when I'm instantly pressed on any one of those fruits, okay, so love, patience. When I'm instantly pressed on those things, what happens is I have an opportunity to be patient, instant anger. I have an opportunity to be loving, instant selfishness. But it's a fruit. Nah, nah it's counterfeit. Nah, it's wax. It looks good as long as you don't touch it. <laughs> and who knows best the quality of your fruit? Well, those who are around you, those who, you know, my wife and my kids can talk about that for me, about some of the counterfeit that I've, fruit that I've produced in the past. And so what happens is, as what I can tell you from me personally, and my story is this, that guys, man, I tried so hard to be a better husband and be a better father, to be a better son. And I, I, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, over here uh, playing a sad violin, but the struggle was real, you guys. And I tell you that it wasn't until I let go of all striving and I said, you know what? I know that I can't. I know I'm at the end of myself. I know literally 
that I can't do it anymore, January of 2021, I can't do it anymore, I choose to abide. And as I did, thank God, oh God, thank you so much, fruit grew. And here's the thing about fruit, you guys. If that was a real tree, fruit, it's not for the tree. Who's the fruit for? It's for the people that live by the tree. Because they're hungry. They need sustenance. They need vitamins. They need stuff from the tree. And the tree needs to bear fruit for two reasons. It needs to bear fruit for the hungry. And it needs to bear fruit because if a tree is bearing fruit, it's capable of what? Multiplying. Bear fruit and multiply. And Jesus has an invitation to you to bear fruit. So first thing we want to learn, then we're just going to wrap it up with a couple other um, points. First thing is, it's not our fruit. My fruit is toxic. I don't recommend it. Um, uh, 10 out of 10, not recommend. But, uh, but Jesus' fruit is something that is something I cannot recommend more. And it comes as we abide. Number two is this, be on alert for ugly fruit. Ugly fruit. I feel like when I'm at the grocery store, it's always like a roll of the dice. You know what I mean? With fruit. It's like, I really, this looks good. And you get it home five seconds later and it's already garbage. You know what I'm talking, anybody? Is it just me? Somebody else shop at Fry's? You know what I'm talking about. Okay. The others, you guys are like, nah, bro, I shop at Sprouts. I'm at Whole Foods, man. You're too bougie for me. But, uh, but no, my, my, uh, my, my, my fries fruit is sometimes on that struggle bus. It's ugly fruit. It looks good until you flip that strawberry over, <laughs> right? And it's like, oh, well, I'm not eating that. Um, so we have this list. And I think to me, what it speaks is, This is what it looks like when you try to do it your own way. This is what it looks like when you produce fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, okay, you know some good things, and now you know evil things, and now here's the result of those combined, that combined twisted mess. It's called death. Anybody experience that? I have. The tree of striving, the tree of self-serving, how about this? The tree of freedom. Remember, look at that in Galatians, what we just read. It says, don't get freedom twisted. Freedom, you were meant to be free. But freedom isn't about you or your rights. Hello, America. I'm sorry. If this is offensive, this is the gospel. I'm not, look it, I'm not running a campaign and I'm not telling you how to vote. But I am telling you that when it comes to your personal life, Your freedoms bow at the knee of the gospel. And your freedom bows at the knee of love. So when you have an opportunity, either love or celebrate your freedom, you decide whether you're, at that moment, you decide whether you're a disciple of Christ. That's what Jesus says. 
I know it's a hard word, and I, America, God bless them. Thank God for America. Man, what, what liberties we've received from the hand of the Father. Every good and, and, and gift, uh, perfect gift that's been given has come from the Father of lights in whom there's no shadow of turning. And he's given so richly to America. But we have lost our way when it comes to this word of bearing fruit. Uh, I think, my, my personal opinion I'll, I'll lay it at the feet of, of Jesus and y'all can interpret it how you will. But that's what I see. I would see that Jesus would come as he did to the church uh, of uh, the, the churches, seven churches in the book of Revelation. I think he would have something against us. And I think one of the things that he would say to us is you've forsaken your first love and you're not bearing fruit that I called you to bear. You are doing your own works and they look okay until you get up close, and then it's ugly. It's ugly fruit. Question for you today. How would, not you, not you, not you, not you. How would other people that are in your business, how would other people describe your fruit? Not you, because if you're like me, you give yourself a pass. I'm, I'm, I'm quick to, I know my weakness as well, and I'm also quick to excuse them, right? Um, but how would other people describe you, the fruit that's growing on you? And the question is this, since, since we're closing here, love, love is something I don't need to preach to you. The gospel preaches it so good. And you can read it in your Bible this week, and you can read all about love that you're called to be. So I'm not going to take the time to read a bunch of love scriptures. But would love, would people say that love is something that's growing on you? Um, Francis Schaeffer said this, Biblical orthodoxy without compassion is surely the ugliest thing in the world. And if you've been hurt in the church, you would say, amen. I've been there. I mean, if, if, if you're listening today, you're not in the room or you're here in the room, it's been a minute. First of all, I'd say welcome home because this is a place where you belong. It's a place where you're going to find unconditional love. And not just here at this church, I'm not just singing our praises, but the, the kingdom is where you belong. Because the kingdom is where you're going to find abundant life. The life that you've been longing for is not found in self-help books. It's not found in getting better and being better. Jesus did not die so that you could be better. Jesus died so that you could have a restored connection with the Father. And in that connection you would bear fruit. And out of that love, you would love others. This is the single greatest command. So here's the thing. Here's the reminder, and then we're going to close. Um, <clears throat> ugly fruit doesn't grow on Jesus' tree, guys. Ugly fruit doesn't grow on Jesus' tree. But you know what? Ugly fruit does grow on me sometimes. So if I feel ugly fruit growing. And if others comment that they see ugly fruit growing, here's what I need to do. I need to stop. Everybody say stop. stop. 
All right, I'm going to say it this way. I need to abort and abide. I need to pause and I need to pray. I need to sit and soak in the Holy Spirit until I am connected to the vine again and I begin to bear fruit. I don't have to sit in condemnation. I don't have to beat myself up. I just have to sit and soak until I feel the Holy Spirit flowing again and I'm walking in the Spirit. And then I can say, hey, I'm sorry, I was impatient a few moments ago. Can I, uh, can I back that up a, a minute? And you can pause in the middle of a conversation and say, can I, can I have just a minute? I, uh, I, I, my boss reached, this is super cool, but my boss reached out. I don't know if anybody from work listens online, but this will hopefully not. Um, she, my boss reached out. I won't say which one. That'll, that'll save me. One of my bosses reached out and was like, um, hey, can you pray for me? I'm having a real struggle right now, and I'm not sure what to do. And I said this, I will pray for you, but here's my encouragement. Can you take a moment on chat, put yourself camera and mute go off camera and I want, and will you just stop and would you ask God for wisdom because I don't have what you need but God does and that's life you guys that's the way to live this is how we abide that's the real fruit of abiding and when you're in marriage and you're struggling the heat is rising and you feel it rising up rosemary did this with me the other day big props is I was like getting ready to say, we were talking about something, I was I could feel tension rising up. I was like, this makes me feel really apprehensive. I feel, I, I'm, I'm afraid, honestly, as we started to approach this, he said, just a minute, let's, let's pause, let's pray. Let's pray. That's how you do it. This is how you abide. Stop and soak. Abort and abide. And let Jesus be Jesus. He's a good the father is a good gardener, guys. And the vine is a strong vine. Just abide. Just stay connected. I'm going to just run and close it here. But number two, so it's not my fruit. Number two, be willing to prune branches. Some of y'all, I'm just going to say it like it is. Some of y'all are, the Lord's coming up with the, the shears and he's coming up and he's like, okay, I know what I need to do. And you're rebuking the gardener. In the name of Jesus, I, I speak against this pain right now. Is God doing something? I No, I, 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 I say I will not lose my job. That's not going to happen in Jesus' name. Is the gardener pruning? You don't know. What you better do is say, God, have your way in me, produce fruit in me, and now I ask for your will. Not my will, but your will be done grow fruit in me. I yield. Let the branches fall. I yield. I know that you're a good God. I know I can trust you. Somebody better hear this today. This is good preaching. I know I can trust you. You're a good God. You do this. You said you would. And now I pray, do it in me. However you need to do it. Let the branches fall. And I know that what you want will grow. It'll grow. It'll grow. I'm looking for it. I'm expecting it, but I don't do it. It's him. Are you with me? So remember, the first fruit of the Spirit, and I'm going to let the Spirit speak it to you this week, is love. We can, again, we could spend all day talking about it, but we could jump back into verse 9, and I want to go there, of John chapter 15. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, 
So I have loved you. Abide in my love. What? Abide in my love. What? Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. <laughs> this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. If you're my friends, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and there your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Here's what this is, y'all. This is the, the wrapping up of John chapter 15 that we just looked at. What this is, is this is an invitation to relational beauty, beauty, to divine community. You see what Jesus was doing? Is he saying, guys, I have an intimate relationship with my father. Do you see? Do you see how I live? Do you see what I do? It's not even me that's doing it, guys. It's my father. My father's working through me and I and him. And together we are living life. And then he says, I'm going to send you the spirit, the comforter, and he's going to, you're going to bear fruit. It's a promise. As you abide in me, you will bear fruit. And you know what's going to happen? Others will see love lived out in you. It's a kind of love that the world doesn't know. It's a kind of love the world can't understand. It's a kind of love that the world can't take away. And it's the kind of love that every single human that was born on this planet is desperate for. It's what they will give everything for. There is no truth that we can proclaim louder than love. It's what everyone wants. It's what everyone is searching for and missing in all the wrong places. Some of you, you know exactly what I mean. And here, here's the thing about this love. Let me, let me just close on this because it's something you need to hear as we talk about love. This is a no strings attached love, but I don't know if you noticed that Jesus talked about keeping commands there a couple times. Did you hear that? He says, you, you, you'll, you'll show that you love me and you show that we're friends if you keep my commands. Now, that seems like a strings-attached kind of love, but it's not, and let me explain. First of all, Jesus prefaces it by saying, listen, I and the Father, we're one. I obey his commands. That's why I'm walking in truth. Here's what God's commands are for you. God's commands are like rails to a railroad. That railroad has no business being off of those, off of those rails, but in those rails, it has its purpose. It can chug along like Thomas the Train all day long carrying its load and doing what it was called and meant to do. And that is what God wants for you. You want to experience God's love? First of all, abide. Second of all, out of that abiding, you're going to have power. You're going to be empowered by his grace to keep his commands in a way that you couldn't before, in a way that you wanted to and you strive to before, but you couldn't before. What's the answer? Abide. What's the answer? Abide. If you don't do it, abide or 
die. Here's the thing. What's, what's the difference between this one and this one? What's the difference? Uh, neither. There's no difference. Trick question. They're both destined for burning. They're not bearing fruit. And Jesus said, here's what we do with things that don't bear fruit. And so that is the invitation of this. And it is the warning of this, right? Jesus inspects what he expects. And here's the, here's the, the message that maybe we don't hear a lot. Um, but it's something that's, that Jesus says out of love. We read that in the end times that there will be people that will come and they will say, Lord, Lord. And Jesus will say, um, I never knew you. There's no fruit. Where's the, you're missing the fruit of the Spirit. You didn't abide. We had no connection. I extended an invitation Maybe that, that day in June, I extended an invitation and you didn't accept it. You decided to keep doing things your way and, and I never knew you. Whoa, John Mark, slow down, man. That's, uh, that's harsh. I know, it's harsh. It's, it's a, it's, but it's a sobering moment as we talk about the invitation. Because at the end of every good news is bad news, or the other way around. You know, if you told me about a great sale that was awesome that I missed, well, it's good news for you. It's bad news for me, because I missed the sale. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that this free gift is open to everyone. Everyone who will. All who will turn and believe can experience the free gift of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And those who don't, guys... They're destined for outer darkness. I don't want that for my family. I got people I'm praying for right now that currently are destined for outer darkness. And I'm praying, God, please save my family. I want them to experience the fruit of living and abiding. How about you? Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.